my focus shifted from poor me to, oh, I've got to write five things in my journal tonight. And I, first of all, started looking for them. But secondly, I started voicing my gratitude in a way that I'd never probably even thought of before. And this started to completely shift my mindset around gratitude and what an extremely powerful practice it is. And it was kind of the first foundational shift, which is why it's the first thing that I teach in Happiness Baseline, the first big foundational shift for me in working with my mindset. Thank you, thank you from my heart, from the bottom of my heart. Thank you, thank you from my heart, from the bottom of my heart. Stay connected to gratitude. Hit the follow button right now and join thousands of listeners tuning in each week. We're the Gratitude Seekers. Come join us. Hi, Gratitude Seeker. Welcome to a new episode of the Gratitude Podcast. Our guest today is a happiness strategist who teaches students and corporations around the world how to master their lives. She has spent the last 25 years studying the mind and its relationship to happiness and suffering. Over 70 universities and colleges use her program, The 10-Minute Mind, in 2010, Monique received the nomination for the prestigious New Zealander of the Year Award. She's an insatiable world traveler. She spends time between LA and her homeland, New Zealand. And now she's here with us to talk about happiness and gratitude with us. Monique Rhodes, welcome to the Gratitude Podcast. Ah, uh, so wonderful to be here with you, Georgian. Thank you for having me. My pleasure, and thanks again for for doing this at uh, such an odd hour for you. I appreciate that, and I appreciate what you said before about giving it your best, even though <laughs> it's all good. This is the the practice of the mind, isn't it? To see how am I at all times of the day. Yeah, that that's wonderful, and. I'm saying this uh, because I've seen it. I've seen this myself. That um, in the morning I'm usually more most energetic, so it's good that it's in the morning here, <laughs> and I have more energy because I see that as the day uh, goes on, and uh, I'm using uh, some of the resources. I tend to be less resourceful uh, at the end of the day. So, yeah, I I appreciate that. So let us know a little bit more uh, about you, about your work. It's fascinating, and I'm sure that our listeners want to to find out more as well. 
Sure. Well, Georgine, it's probably the best thing I can do is just tell you a little bit about my story because that will put everything into context. Um, I grew up in New Zealand. I know that we're the envy of the world right now for a lot of reasons, for our Prime Minister, for our COVID response, and also for the incredibly beautiful country that we have here that many of your listeners would have seen on things like The Lord of the Rings. It's very, very oh, yeah. beautiful. <laughs> really wonderful, wonderful country. But there's always a shadow side to everything that's wonderful. Uh, and unfortunately for New Zealand, we have a high rate of um, child abuse, something that's been studied. And there's, you know, a myriad of reasons why it's such a problem here. And unfortunately, I'm one of the statistics from that. I was adopted at the age of 10 days old uh, into a family that I'm only going to describe as being problematic. And, mm. you know, in my teenage years, I, I really struggled. I'm pretty sure looking back now, I was struggling quite badly with depression. And then by the age of 19, things kind of came to a head. It was I'd left home at 17. I was struggling. I just remember that my emotions were all over the place. You know, I, I never quite knew how I was going to be from one hour to the next. And around that time, I got myself into a situation where I um, intentionally took an overdose to try and take my own life. And I, I wasn't successful, thank goodness. And I remember sitting in the hospital uh, in recovery and thinking to myself, why is it that life is just so incredibly hard for me? And why is it that for a lot of other people, it doesn't seem to be that difficult. And it made me wonder whether there was the possibility of being able to turn things around. If I could figure out what the difference was between me and other people. And, and I think more than anything, Georgian, to try and find out whether it was something that was movable or was it something that, you know, we were each born with. And so I went on a, a journey for the next 25 years, uh, discovering as much as I could, like all over the world, I've traveled all over the world and looked at different philosophies, different ways of being and studied as much as I possibly could to see, could I turn my life around? And I'm really proud to say that, that I have and that my life has, you know, had a 180 degree shift and that transformation is completely possible. And I think one of the biggest things I've, I learned was that it wasn't something that was concrete. The suffering wasn't something that was immovable. It was something that I was actually able to shift and change. I just needed to find and discover the right tools to be able to do it. And so now this is what I teach because I on some levels find it really painful that so many of us don't know how we can actually turn our lives around. And I think that it's really important to be taught some of the skills that I teach. Most definitely. And I'm sure that there are many people um, that have been in a similar situation or maybe are in a similar situation and um yeah they they can't find or haven't found yet a, a way of dealing with this um 
what was um the i don't know the main idea that that changed your life like was it uh, a certain moment or a certain situation that got you to make the decision? Yeah, it's a great question. I think that the biggest thing that I learned was that I'd spent my whole life believing that I needed to change my external circumstances mm. for my life to change. And I think the biggest thing that I realized was that was actually an internal change that needed to happen. And once I started to shift internally, then the external circumstances started to shift. And no one had ever told me that. You know, we're, we're always led to believe that we need to try and control our environment. But actually, it's, it's our mind that we need to train or to tame. And if we can learn to work with the mind and understand that the mind is the ordering principle and that happiness and suffering come from the mind, then there's an incredible liberation that happens because we begin to understand all of a sudden that it's not a roll of the dice whether or not we can be happy. It's not whether we're wealthy. It's not whether we meet the right person or are lucky enough to get the most fantastic job. Actually, none of those things will have a long-term effect on our happiness. What will have a long-term effect on our happiness is how we are with our mind and whether we have our mind trained in any way or whether it's wild. And if it's wild, we're probably going to suffer. But if we can learn to work with it and understand it and get to know ourselves and kind of rein it in, then we have much, much greater opportunity to master ourselves and master our own happiness. Definitely. This this makes so much sense and it's uh, uh, right on point with the the work we're doing here with gratitude. Um, we, we believe the same, um, the same thing. And um, yeah, uh, it's, it's been in my experience uh, an important part of uh, the change to 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 know that there's what's going on inside is actually much more important than what's going on outside and um since we're we're talking about gratitude i'm really curious how you define it what is gratitude for you personally I'm not sure how I define it, Georgian, but I certainly know how I practice it. And I mm. have a quite a specific way that I that I teach the practice of gratitude. Because I think that we really live in a world that's constantly putting us in a place of feeling that nothing is ever enough and that we are certainly never enough. So I'm a real believer in the practice of gratitude being not only about um, the things that happen for us or the things that we have that we may not actually realize or appreciate, but also gratitude for ourselves, that we use gratitude as a way to combat the almost brainwashing that we get from media, social media, and advertising, which is basically designed to tell us that we're not enough so that we'll buy products. 
And I, I teach a course called the Happiness Baseline, which is an eight-week online course teaching people how to be happier. And the first week we work with gratitude practices. But for me, and I don't know how you teach it, Georgian, but for me, I have something very specific in the way that I teach gratitude, and that is that as well as being grateful, that the word because becomes the vital anchor. I'm grateful for this or that because. Because when we use that word because, we start to go into the feeling and the experience of what it is that we're grateful for. And I almost feel like it turbocharges the practice. I could sit here and say, I'm grateful that it was a beautiful day in New Zealand here today where I'm hiding out from COVID. I could say that. But even more powerfully, I can say, I'm really grateful that it was a beautiful day today because it lifts my spirits. And all of a sudden, I'm moving into an emotional experience of that gratitude rather than a logical experience of it. And I find that a really powerful way to uh, create a, a daily gratitude practice, which I practice every day, that has um, you know even more meaning and almost goes right into my being rather than just sitting in my head. Yeah, definitely. This is a game changer. And I, I think it's, it's very powerful because most people know about gratitude and about uh, gratitude lists or journals. And uh, it, it's similar to uh, what we're told about uh, saying thank you. The fact that we're told to say thank you and to be polite, but we're not uh, taught to actually feel it. Uh, I think it's it's similar. Um, and th this is similar to um, when we are actually doing the gratitude practice, when we're just doing it with our mind and we're just listing things. Of course, the... Um, the results aren't that great. And I think many people that hear about gratitude uh, just practice it in that way. And many don't find it like, um, like it's a really useful practice because they, they don't actually get the, the whole benefits of uh, practicing gratitude, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. And also, Georgian, the idea, I guess, for me with gratitude is connecting into everything. You know, often when we, when we start our practices in the happiness baseline, and I'll get people to write five things every day that they're grateful for. And sometimes people will come to me and say, because they have to write something different every day, those five things have to be different. Sometimes people will come and say, I can't think of anything. And it's really powerful to start to look at every single thing in your life as a source of gratitude. If I was just to be sitting here with you at, you know, in New Zealand and I look around this room, I could say a hundred gratitudes just from the things that, you know, my eyes land on. And so I think it's such a powerful practice for us to start to see the abundance that we have. And all of a sudden, life becomes this gift-giving, magical kind of place 
because we are starting to look through different eyes. And as we look through different eyes, we start to understand that there's just so much for us to be grateful for. But again, these are things that are not taught taught to us, you know, when we're kids. And not something that I don't know many families that sat down at the dinner table and, you know, everyone went round and said what they were grateful for. But how powerful is it when we actually do these practices? Because not only do we start to see the things that bring us joy or the things that, you know, we start to become grateful for, but we also see what other people are grateful for. And one of the practices that I'll get uh, a couple in a relationship to do if they're having, you know, some kind of struggles, one of the first things is that every day they sit down, they do their gratitude practices, they tell each other what their gratitudes were, and then they say at least, but ideally three things about the other person that they're grateful for. And then it opens, it's almost like opening a portal to a whole bunch of, you know, bits of understanding. Maybe you don't realize that your partner really appreciates you doing a particular thing. And when they tell you, you start to see, oh, this is something that feels loving for them. So even in a relationship, I see how that practice of gratitude can be so incredibly powerful and bring deeper communication and understanding quite quickly and, and positivity as well and love. It, it kind of opens everything up. Yeah, definitely. Because what's actually closing things up is resentment, is the fact that we see the, the faults, we see the bad things and we tend to close up or to get into fights or things of this nature. But when we see the whole picture and we realize that um, we are in a relationship with that person because there are so many things that are great about that person and about that relationship. And when we bring that up, yeah, it's a, it's a whole nother story. And um, I, I feel that we all deserve this or all of our relationships deserves this kind of treatment and this kind of um, appreciation because we live in relationships and it, they are very important for us and they they can make the difference be, between having a good life, a life that we love and appreciate and uh, a life that's, that's hard and complicated. Um, but I, I'm also curious if you want to share with us uh, whether or not you are always a, a grateful person and uh, if not, uh, when did you discover gratitude? Like the, the the one you feel, not just the concept, the idea of gratitude? Yeah, uh, that's a great question, Georgian. I think that I certainly wasn't always a grateful person. I think that I was very similar to, you know, a lot of people and felt a little bit victimized in my life. And which is a very easy place for us to get into when difficult things have happened to us. And all of a sudden we, you know, sit in this victim role and feel as though the world is incredibly difficult. But I remember it about the age of, um, I was probably about 20 years old and I left New Zealand and I went to Thailand. And I remember going down this canal into these very 
poor area, this very poor area of Thailand. And there was a man, I'll never ever forget him. And he was sitting under a tarpaulin that had four bamboo poles that were, um, yeah, that he was sitting under it. And he had a few belongings next to him and that was his home. And I remember seeing this man and the purity of joy on his face was completely confusing to me. It was like, <laughs> hey, I don't get this. Like, how is it that this man is so full of joy? It was the first time I'd been to a third world country. And I, I was almost haunted by him. And it really got me going down a path of starting to think, wait a second, I've kind of been taught that, you know, if we're going to be happy, we need a series of things to make us happy. And certainly living under a tarpaulin and four bamboo poles is not the formula for being happy. And I began to realize that actually perhaps I had been misled in how things really work. And I began to understand that it wasn't about how much I had, it was my relationship to what I had that counted. And this led me to, for 13 years, I traveled all over the world. Actually, I traveled for four years on a motorbike through India by myself and lived, you know, with some of the poorest communities in India and saw so much joy and happiness. Of course, I saw hardship as well. But I started to realize that the psychological hardship of people in the West was possibly more painful than the physical hardships that some people in third world countries were facing. And so a few years after I, I, I saw this man in Thailand, I remember watching uh, an Oprah Winfrey um, episode and there was this woman that came on with this gratitude journal. I think it was the first time this idea of gratitude journals was kind of exposed on any sort of big medium into the world. And I, I started writing a gratitude journal and I found that it was just so incredible because what I discovered was that I was going through my day and my focus had shifted. My focus shifted from poor me to, oh, I've got to write five things in my journal tonight. And I, first of all, started looking for them. But secondly, I started voicing my gratitude in a way that I'd never probably even thought of before. And this started to completely shift my mindset around gratitude and what an extremely powerful practice it is. And it was kind of the first foundational shift, which is why it's the first thing that I teach in Happiness Baseline, the first big foundational shift for me in working with my mindset. Of course, the garden has to be weeded, but if things that are a little bit more difficult. And I think that sowing the seeds of joy through gratitude practice is an incredibly powerful way to get yourself into a mindset that you can actually deal with things that are difficult. Yeah. I, I totally agree with everything you said and um it's it's amazing uh the, the the picture that you painted for us and um I think somehow it um it represents gratitude in a way the fact that uh he 
that person, that man didn't have much and he was so joyful and so appreciative of what he had and uh, the fact that this is what we actually want this is what we want to get to to that state um, and that state we thought and I think of course the media and everything that we see on Instagram and everywhere um, leads to that we think that there are different things that we need to have in order for us to actually feel that way and when you see something like that the fact that that man was in that state that we all want or um, strive for without all of uh, the things that we are we're taught we need for that yeah i i can imagine how how much of a shock um it was and it's wonderful how how the universe speaks to us in in different ways that uh, that are meaningful for us i i think that's amazing but i also wanted to to get to something that you that you shared that i think it's amazing you said that you rode through india for 4 years on a motorcycle um what were some some things that you learned from uh, the simple people that you met regarding gratitude? Like uh, if you've seen some practices or some uh, cultural differences that were interesting for you from uh, from the point of view of gratitude? I think the biggest thing that I that I saw, Georgian, was a a kindness that I had probably never seen before. I remember one day being on my bike and I wanted to buy some spray paint to paint the carriers on my bike. And I pulled into a gas station and I asked the gas station where this paint shop was. And I remember there was a man there on his motorbike and he said, follow me and I'll show you. And he rode for 20 minutes out of his way to show me this place for nothing other than just being kind and being connected to another human being. I was often invited to people's homes who were unbelievably poor, whose poverty, you know, was extreme. And their desire to give something to me was so big, even if it was just a little bit of food and for me to share a meal with them. And I think that it made me understand more than anything that, you know, it's all about connection and that it's nothing to do with how much or how little we have, but it's actually about that connection. And of course, you know, some, some finances and some money make a difference. I'm not, I'm not about to deny that. But that's only to a certain degree. And then after that, it's really about the connections that we make with each other. And when we're able to really look someone in the eye who's just fed us from the small amount they have and, and thank them from our heart or to thank the man who drove 20 minutes out of his way from my heart because I think that's a powerful practice because 
being genuine, authentic, and completely present with someone in the moment was the only way that I could repay that particular kind of kindness. And it taught me to be extremely present whenever it was that I wanted to thank someone because that was the gift in return. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. And I totally resonate with that. And it's just wonderful. Um, go, going through um, the way I'm imagining your experience in, in my own head, um, it's just amazing. And I can only imagine how touching it was, um, for instance, to, to get your 20 minutes um away from the uh the road that they had uh to the um, paint shop and just knowing that there are people out there doing this and the fact that they they did it without av- having any reason to do so just makes me makes me think about pranoia the fact that uh, good things are happening to us and for us and um, the fact that we are in a beautiful world and world and there are amazing people and um, lots of reasons to to feel grateful and I love that perspective because it's it's a really beautiful um, way of seeing things that's in contrast with what we see on TV usually, you know? Absolutely. You know, it was interesting, about a week ago, I was with a group of my students and I got each of them to relay, I got them to sit for a moment and I said to them, I want each of you to think of a a time in your life when someone was kind to you. And I want you to, could be from any time in your life. And it was really interesting, Georgian, because each one of them came back with, no one came back saying, I was bought this or I was taken to this place. Every single one was an unexpected kindness where the other person didn't seem to want anything in return. And it's interesting because, you know, in my life, there's lots of things that I've been gifted, but the gift of that man driving 20 minutes out of his way is something that I will never forget. That's the gift that makes the big impact. And if you said to me, you know, what are the greatest gifts you've ever received? That would probably be in my top 10 without a question, because was so unexpected. It was for no desire for anything, but just genuinely to love another human being. And I felt it. And each of my students told a similar story to me. And I found that incredibly powerful. (laughs) That's amazing. And what I love about gratitude in, in this case is that it helps us remember relive that moment and we are reliving that moment with you right now and we're feeling the 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 gratitude that you felt 
to some degree, of course, um, even though it's not our experience, it's not something that we experience directly, but just by you sharing that with us and sharing your gratitude, we get to feel that. And, and I think that's, that's amazing that, that we're able to do this. That's beautiful. Thank you, Georgian. It, it also makes me think of something at the moment, you know, with the pandemic happening right, right at this particular moment that I'm talking to you. We're just finally starting to get COVID here in New Zealand and it's starting to take off. And it's, it's really interesting because we understand that like the rest of the world, the supply chain is going to be affected I was speaking to my sister the other day, who's a teacher at school, and you know, I said to her, one of the most powerful things that you have the ability right now to show the kids that you teach in your class is how interconnected everything is, and that they may think that their meal just arrives on their plate, but now you have the opportunity to show them all the people that they can be grateful for who have got them to this place, you know, it, even to the people who made the plates and drove the trucks and made the roads, you know, I always love going down that rabbit hole of gratitude, of all the people you can be grateful for. And I think that, that the subtle, those subtle things, I think we always imagine that our, gratis, our gratitude should be for kind of bigger things, but actually the reasons for gratitude everywhere, but we need to turn our eye to them, which is why the work that you're doing is so powerful and so important. Because if we can turn our eye to what we are able to be grateful for, it's almost like going from black and white into technicolor, you know? That's what it feels like. It feels like all of a sudden everything takes on um, a vibrancy because we start to see that there's just so much reason for us to be grateful rather than feeling as though we're victims to the circumstances that are happening out of our control in the wider world. The only place we can really affect is our circle of influence. And our circle of influence is everywhere that our eyes can see or our ears can hear or our bodies can touch. And then we become powerful. Exactly. Firstly, thank you so much for, for your kind words about uh, the work that I'm doing. I, I really appreciate that and it means a lot to me. Um, and yeah, I, I totally agree. It's uh, so empowering and there's so much more that we can do when we are empowered, when we are aware of this, uh, rather than just react to different things that are happening that are out of our control. And I think this is a beautiful gift that we've been given. And um, yeah, that we can use for ourselves to enjoy a more beautiful experience of life and also for others to be, uh, to be an example, to be a person that um, influences other people in a positive way by, by having a different kind of perspective. And yeah, I I think you're you're such a person, and I'm really happy that uh, we got together and we did this interview. So thank you so much for 
for your time and for for being here with us and for sharing this amazing story and nuggets of wisdom. Thank you, Georgian, and thank you for being such a gracious host. And I was going to say to you, you know, in the early morning, our brains are sharper, but I think in the evening, we're more mellow and contemplative. And I feel that's exactly where you took me tonight. And I really appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure. Uh, I'm, I really love your perspective. And I think, yeah, it was, it was perfect, actually. So um, since we're nearing the end of our time together, let our audience know where they can find you, where uh, they can get in touch with you. Absolutely. So uh, you can come and find me at uh, moniqueroads.com. And would it be nice to do uh, something special for your audience, Georgian? Would that be helpful? Sure, sure. So we have this course, The Happiness Baseline, and the way that I do The Happiness Baseline is a little bit different from the way that most people do it. I, I don't actually charge a fee. We get people to put an accountability bond down, and it, it's an eight-week course. All I care about is that you do the work and you learn it. If you do the eight-week course, uh, within 10 weeks, you just send us an email. We give your accountability bond back. When you come in, if you have a look at the course online, if you want to come and do it, if you just put gratitude in the code box, we'll take 50% off that accountability bond to make it even easier for you to get started with that course. If that's something that you'd like to do, if you'd like to learn more, I'd love to teach you. That's wonderful. Thank you so much. And uh, yeah, I think that's amazing and very generous of you. Thank you. Thank you, Georgie, and thank you for having me. Hey, Gratitude Seeker. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this interview. I really appreciate it. And if you could think of one person that would also benefit from it, share it with them. It might actually be the inspiration that they need to make their day or maybe even their life much better. Thank you so much once again. This has been Georgian Benta. Don't forget to keep seeking and spreading gratitude.